Welcome to the Startup Competitors Podcast, where we talk with early stage entrepreneurs to understand what information they use to inform product roadmap, strategy, and market differentiation. Hey there, welcome to the podcast. Today we're chatting with Arun Silam, who's the co-founder and CEO of Basan Motors. This was an awesome conversation. Arun and his co-founder are both ex-Googlers who decided to go take on the world of autonomous vehicles and electric trucks. And it's way more nuanced than that. Uh, you'll, you'll hear me discovering what they're actually doing in the podcast. It's so much fun. Really a big fan of what they're doing. Uh, it's awesome to check out. You need to add, if, if you're listening to this in front of a computer, go go look at some stuff online. Uh, and if you're listening to this while you're driving, take some time when you get to wherever your destination is to check it out. It's pretty cool. So with that, I will uh, let you enjoy the episode. Please check out the sponsors. Drop Arun and his co-founder a line online and tell me you appreciated them taking the time on this podcast. And thank you so much for listening. If you happen to be looking for a way to ignite your brand, spark some sales, or maybe just fire up your team, branded merchandise might be the way to do that. You can learn more about different items that are available to put your logo on at fuelmerchandise.com. It can be simple startup swag, corporate gifts, anything you're looking for. You can find it at fuelmerchandise.com. Mention startup competitors, get 10% off your first order. Welcome to the podcast. Today, we have Arun Selim, who's the co-founder and CEO of Bosan Motors. Arun, welcome. Uh, thank you for having me, Mike. Why don't we start with a quick pitch for Bosan Motors? Sure. Bosan Motors makes electric commercial vehicles with best user experience. Our focus area is dairies, ranches, and farmers and agriculture utility vehicles. So the uniqueness of our product is it costs $15,000 and most importantly, it is made of all American components and it is the only programmable vehicle in the world that runs on Android. For example, anybody in the world, any Android developer can deploy a simple custom application on our vehicle. Think of this as a little remote control car that you can write apps to but it's just a real truck so let's say you are using this truck in a almond farm you can write an app that measures the water the drip irrigation levels on the soil and the same truck can write another app that measures the amount of food that is served to the cows in a dairy farm so it's a simple vehicle that can be programmed to do a variety of things and most importantly, it is the programming is on Android. So anybody practically can develop an app and anybody can download an app to run on these vehicles. So it's basically a big Android phone on wheels. <laughs> Love it. I, I have so many questions. So is this a is this a fully autonomous truck? Is it uh is is there a human in it and it's sometimes autonomous? What what's happening there? Right now it is fully human operated. But our goal is to go towards partial automation rather than full autonomy. For example, when uh, a good use case is when somebody, a farm worker, is observing a pistachio field, the vehicle can potentially follow the worker 20 feet away. But that's the level of automation that we are aiming for. We are not planning for any full autonomy at this time. You're not taking on Tesla yet? No, no. 
our price point is uh, much much lower it's $15,000 so and so $15,000 talk, talk me through the truck cuz so i i drive a a, a very luxurious F150 how big is this truck compared to like a, a standard F-150? This is what in the world uh, refers to as key truck. They are little cab forward trucks. They don't make these anymore in the U.S., but uh, the the best reference I can give you is the old Jeep FC, where the control is in the front. Yeah. The, yeah, so that, that's the best comparison to the truck we make. So it's 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 about twelve foot long, and you have eight foot bed, and there's a four foot cabin in the front, and it's a tiny tiny truck that can pretty much maneuver anywhere. Uh, it 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 can go in small spaces comfortably, carry up to thousand to fifteen hundred pounds, and it can tow up to three thousand pounds. So you import those from overseas, bring them here, then you custom outfit them program them and and then sell them to farmers and other agricultural applications, correct? Do I got that right? Yes, for the most part. So we have an OEM partner that imports the bodies from China for now. We are trying to find a local source as well. We use uh, mostly American components. We get basically a glider without any engine or powertrain, just a rolling chassis. And we make the batteries, the onboard compute system, the inverter, and upfit this vehicle with an electric powertrain and deliver it to the end farm, dairy, ranch, whoever is buying this. School districts, airports. Awesome. So uh, maybe we'll switch gears real quick and go into current status of the company because my next question I totally want to ask is how many of these have you built? Why, Why don't you share like... Uh, for somebody who's listening, just where you guys are. It could be any sort of metrics you want to share, how many vehicles you've sold, size of the team, funds raised, revenue. You don't have to share any of those, just any anything that will help somebody understand where you and the team are at. Sure. We've so far raised about $3 million, and we are on our way to raise another $1.5 which we think we will be able to raise in quite a short period. Right now, we have deployed up to five vehicles, test vehicles. Three of them are in California. A couple of them are in India. They went through the actual homologation. Uh, so homologation is a process where the authorities test these vehicles, to make sure they are safe, and certify them to be road legal. So our vehicles have been certified road legal for India. Uh, and... Fortunately, for this segment of vehicles, we do not need any specific certification for the U.S. market because they are not uh, allowed to operate on roads about 35 miles per hour speed anyway. Uh, we are about, like I said, 15 people. And in September this year, we are rolling out another batch of 10 and hopefully another 20 by Christmas. That's our production plan. Right now, we are doing a batch process, batch production of 10 at a time. Awesome. And then, talk, uh, well, uh, so many questions about California versus India and what that experience is like, but we'll, maybe we'll save that. That So 30 more trucks this year. And then talk about, like, just play that out a couple more years in terms of how you, you plan to ramp up. So next year, we, we want, I mean, the market size of this particular segment is huge. They sell about 
uh, the market sells about 100,000 units a year in the U.S. market and about 700,000 in India. But we wanted to scale this in a scalable manner. Like we we got orders for up to 800 units, but we were not confident that we could service them if we scale so fast. So our plan is to potentially reach 1,000 vehicles next year and maybe a couple thousand a year after grow organically and uh, make sure we don't disappoint our customers uh, in any service point or uh, quality of the vehicle. So, yeah, for us, more than the scaling quality and the customer satisfaction is a top priority. So you've got to manufacture these. You've got to come up with all the software that allows them to be autonomous to whatever, to whatever extent they're going to be autonomous allows for the other Android developers to run on the platform. You've got to service these vehicles long-term assuming that that doesn't just include batteries, but, but you know, everything else on the vehicles. I mean, that so that is like a, a pretty audacious undertaking and you're, and of course, as a startup, you're choosing to do that on two different continents, which is just insane. So I, so like, Back up a little bit. Why did you guys decide to start Basan Motors? Why don't, why don't you talk a little bit about your, your background and you have a co-founder as well, correct? Yes. So let, let, let's hear the founding story. Yeah. So I come from a truck trucking business family. So building trucks has been a family trade for since the 70s. And we've been building trucks, making trucks uh, like from ladder frames and operating them in a large fleet that that has been our family business and i happen to like computers and i became a software engineer i went to school in southern illinois university then i started working at google that's where i met my co-founder suri bhupati raju suri and i were we were almost always automotive enthusiasts and while at google we saw a clear transitioning of the entire industry the industry is moving from gasoline engines to electric and cars are starting to become more powerful computers rather than simple cars. However, the software in the cars has not caught up to the actual software in the rest of the world. So we felt that that was a huge opportunity that we could potentially serve a wide variety of people. And so we decided to start Boson with a vision of creating Android-powered electric vehicles. So that could be programmed, uh, deployed by multiple people in different ways that we couldn't we, we can you know that can be imaginable. So we started in twenty seven. We started working on this in twenty sixteen. We founded the company in twenty seventeen. We got our first prototype in about May twenty eighteen. No, May 2017, we had our first motorcycle prototype. Then we started... Wait, with, wait, 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 wait. You you make motorcycles as well? Yeah, we, we, this actually, the truck engine is actually a motorcycle that is driving the truck. Interesting. I mean, we, we started in a garage. We didn't have a place to park a truck, so we decided let's make something we can fit in this garage, and we made a motorcycle. Oh, that's fantastic. All right, I'm glad I asked that. All right, keep going. So we made this motorcycle. A lot of people wanted to buy it. But when we actually saw the path to commercializing it, 
suddenly one one day a business a small grocery delivery business came and approached us and asked us hey we are a green company we want to do a green delivery fleet uh, we don't have a lot of product out there can you help us so we thought all right we have a motorcycle we put that motorcycle engine in a truck and it was a little overpowered for the truck because our motorcycle was a pretty pretty fast motorcycle and that was more than enough to build a slow truck so we used the exact same powertrain and we built the truck we started testing the truck uh, in fall of 2018 and we sent it to type approval testing in 2019 over the entire year of 2019 the truck has been in testing it went through all powertrain testing battery testing durability road tests brake tests all the required legal tests and in jan 2020 we actually received the type approval testing and uh, we started pumping more trucks into the fleet business so we have about three vehicles running with this business and trucks are more profitable so we are focusing on trucks <laughs> <laughs> good for you <laughs> that's awesome uh Okay, so uh, at the, the time we're recording this, the country is just kind of coming out of um, quarantine lockdown. We'll, we'll see if we'll go back into lockdown. Uh, talk a little bit about maybe the impact of COVID, whether that's had implications on the supply chain. I, I know you said you were getting the, the kind of the, the, the chassis from, from China to you know sales and kind of customer demand and and things like that what what has that looked like for you and the team so covid really caught us off guard i mean it almost killed us frankly speaking before covid hit the actual american general american population it hit companies like us at least two months before so for instance we put down a lot of deposits for our suppliers back in november and we were expecting them to finish production in december take a break for chinese new year and immediately ship after they open well as you know nothing happened and we still are waiting for the shipments we paid right. we paid a whole bunch of cash in november from what i hear they are planning to ship the components in july so yeah things are pretty bad for automotive industry but there is a silver lining because of this we actually found additional business opportunities uh, because what we found out is just like us a lot of other companies are also dependent heavy, heavily dependent on china and we forgot or we ignored to make important components in the us it was cheaper to outsource them so a lot of companies choose to do that however like boson our priority has always been using as many american components as possible Uh, simply because it's their higher quality and easily serviceable that came to rescue us uh, in this time so we were able to help an oem who was struggling to service their vehicles because the chinese are closed down there is no support from them so they approached us we they had few trucks that were at deployment with the customers that needed service and that there is no back support from china so that made us realize the importance of creating the support systems in the US so in april we started working with them and right now uh, the 4x4 systems for these vehicles are almost complete they are in the final testing phases so yeah there is a silver lining to this covid 
All right, pause. So it's a mo- so it's a motorcycle engine that's also powering a four by four. Walk me through that. So it's two motors basically. So the four by fours have a front wheel drive and rear wheel drive. Yep. We paid two motors in parallel and we configured them to work as master and slave. And the computer decides when there is a slip in traction, it automatically switches on the second one. So this, we actually built this right here uh, while during the COVID shutdown. So yeah, <laughs> that's kind of what we have been doing for the last two months. And it's right now, it is in the final phases of field testing. That's awesome. All right, sorry, keep going. So yeah, this yeah, COVID has been a big nightmare, just like for the rest of the country for us too. But there is a silver lining. We we are seeing that people are appreciating American-made components more, and even if they are slightly more expensive, they are choosing to buy American components. So that that's if anything good comes out of it, that's the only thing I could see. And then you were, I think you had said earlier, you're thinking about or preparing for a $1.5 million round, or are you currently raising that $1.5 million round? So we are currently raising the $1.5 million round. You are? How, yes. So how has COVID impacted that? Fortunately, our investors are looking at a very long term. So our investors don't really have an exit strategy. I mean, they clearly mandated us that uh, our boson is uh, being built for the next 20 years. So they promised us the support, the monetary financing, and helping us with in the other avenues. So we are, we are fairly confident that we will be able to close the funding rounds in, in fall. Awesome. That That's great. All right. Contrast for me real quick. I want to switch gears. Contrast for me working with regulatory agencies in California versus regulatory agencies in India. In my mind, that's got to be like starkly different, but but maybe it's not. You're going to get me in trouble, but sure. <laughs> that's my goal. <laughs> so California is a dream compared to dealing with the regulatory bodies in India. Hear me out. So California is not completely easy, but relatively it is much, much simpler to navigate the processes and the regulatory framework in California. And we also have a pretty strong OEM partner who has experience selling in this domain. And if anything, California Air Resource Board has been very supportive. They're very encouraging to electric vehicles. So I have nothing but good things to say about California, but unfortunately not the same with India. (laughs) And and is that just because... The, the regulatory body there isn't as mature? Is it because they don't understand electric vehicles as much? Is it something else? What What do you think that is? Well, there is just too much regulation for electric vehicles in India. Like, you have to get approvals from three different organizations sitting in three different cities while testing the vehicle in a lab in a completely different state altogether. So the whole process has been set up for diesel vehicles. They are trying to use exact same framework for electric vehicles. But in fact, electric vehicles are much, much simpler, cleaner. There is no... So for example, there is a test called pass-by noise where you're supposed to raise full throttle and 
drive your vehicle full speed and then somebody records your noise the vehicle makes that is irrelevant for electric vehicle because there is no noise right think things like that the the regulatory framework has not caught up to the evs in indian market that's that's a very nice way to put it i would say and even after we get <laughs> approvals from the main authorities the dmv the individual state dmvs have not updated their systems so that they have no way to click on something and say this is a ev so there is it problems as well got it what's the push to to be in both markets so early what's driving that well we didn't really wanted to be in both markets our primary focus is the us market and it continues to be the us market but we chose to launch in india because it was much simpler the insurance costs were much lower to test these vehicles on indian roads whereas opposed to testing in the us and overall we were able to deploy a lot more vehicles with a little bit of capital in india as opposed to us so being a bootstrapped company we decided to take advantage of the low cost model there test out the technology prove out the tech make sure it is safe validate it and then bring it to the us when once it is deemed safe that that's that's where we are at and that's the most cost effective solution we could find nice it's a good answer i like that awesome this episode is brought to you by full stack peo most founders start companies because they figured out a better way to solve a problem or serve a need not because they love tracking payroll filling out compliance forms and explaining employee benefits packages and yet all that stuff still has to be done that's why there's full stack peo Full Stack PEO specializes in turnkey HR for emerging companies, not just those core services, but advice and expertise that help founders maximize employee potential. Curious? Find out more at fullstackpeo.com. All right, uh let's switch gears a little bit. Uh when when you think of competitors for Busan Motors, who or what comes to mind? Right now in the US, our competitors are other cheap chinese imports and other diesel vehicles by john deere john deere gator is a good uh, competitor but it, fortunately they are only diesel now and there is polaris polaris makes a, a fleet of vehicles called gem so this light little gem trucks are what a bunch of golf courses and universities are using but our vehicle comes at the same price but uh, with a double the range and double the load carrying capacity so apples to apple we are we are outgunning them on the specs uh, but relatively we are unknown brand that's why we are trying to give more for the money for the average customers and then how quickly do you think what well, i guess when you when you think of those competitors or i'm sure you track them uh, i mean john deere and polaris pr- probably talk a lot about their product roadmaps how quickly do you think they get an electric vehicle into the market or what are you what are what are you anticipating around that Polaris has been making electric vehicles for quite some time especially the gem electric trucks have been the de facto market standard for last 10 years but there are areas where they are not uh, so these 
vehicles are designed to be operated very nicely in a clean campus environment. But when you go to a farm or a dairy, things get much dirty fast. You need four-wheel drive. After you do one pesticide spray, you want to be able to wash the entire vehicle with a hose. So that is where we are trying to focus on. That's where we are. That is the underserved market we have identified. And that is where we are uh, leading the other products in, in, in terms of offerings. Got it. Talk a little bit about the Android operating system and, and how that works. So if I decide I want to attach a, a reader or a device of some sort to the vehicle, what does that look like? I'm, I'm basically just tying it into an onboard computer that's running on Android and, and going from there. What's that process look like? This vehicle has two computers. One is a simple Android-based industrial tablet. And the other one is a safety, uh, the traction computer. So if you want to do any superficial applications, like add a camera to the vehicle that monitors, let's say you want to monitor the leaves of your farm, right? You just download, you go to Play Store, download an application just like you would download in your phone, and then just run it. That, that That's it. There is nothing else to, there's nothing fancy. And if you want to run or if you want to develop an application, we expose all the API and you can very easily develop an application for our vehicle with a very standard Android studio. So it's just like any other Android phone, but we make sure that you are not doing anything to the safety critical uh, stuff of the vehicle. So we are separating that out from the programmable aspects. So you can have a lot of fun and still be safe. And how soon will I be able to get one of your vehicles here in Indiana? Oh, we have some big orders from Indiana, especially some dairy. You do? Yeah, actually, we are. We have orders from a dairy in Indiana, near the, in, in Indianapolis. We are planning to deliver them probably by Christmas. So hopefully you will see some of our vehicles running in Indiana winters in Christ, during Christmas time. That's awesome. I'll have to go. I'll, I'll definitely have to go check it out. So I, uh, I also have a farm, so I have a, I have an actual need for something like this. So oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Fantastic. So talk a little bit about, so I, you know, I know your focus, or like, I, I guess I shouldn't say I know my suspicion is your focus in the short term is building up manufacturing capability, figuring out service and support and, you know, all that that entails. And those are no small tasks. But zoom out for me a little bit and talk about, you know, long term, you said you're, you know, you're trying to build a 20 year company here. And, and that's kind of the focus. So talk a little bit about product roadmap and where you see uh, Bosan Motors going, let's say five or 10 years out. So with respect to the manufacturing, we are trying to do a slightly different approach. So a good analogy would be if you know a gaming PCs. So a lot of the gaming PCs are built by the actual gamers in their homes or in their facilities, right? So what we have seen is we've traveled to quite a lot of farms. Uh, most farms have a shop which is fairly tooled. Our and there are several companies that go and service the vehicles in the farm. So we are trying to partner with these service companies and 
trying to come up with this concept called virtual manufacturing. So what that entails is, let's say you are a farm, you ordered some of our vehicles. We essentially ship the parts to you and this service company comes and assembles the vehicle in your farm and just delivers it right there, updates the software just like a little computer and delivers it to you on the on the spot. So we are trying to eliminate having to set up a huge manufacturing facility, marketing and sales and whatnot. So that helps us lower the cost and pass on the savings to the customer. Awesome. Well, I like I like that for sure. And there's a, you know, I think I watched a couple of documentaries. John Deere over the years has gotten like a ton of blowback of farmers not being able to service their own vehicles, right? And that kind of that idea of you leaning into that as yeah, we'll we'll have a service partner who can help with some of that, but also just that expectation of you're on a farm. You can probably do half of this yourself. Go do it. That's pretty cool. Am, am I reading too much into that or is that about right? No, you are right. We are diametrically opposite to the John Deere model. Like we are completely open source. So anybody can, I mean, we gladly support you to service the vehicles. And we are pretty sure most farms are equipped to service these vehicles and we will just help you do it. So you're not depending on somebody coming from somewhere to fix a simple problem in your farm. That's awesome. And once you bought it, there is no reason you should pay for it again and again. So I believe that once you bought a truck, it's your truck. You do whatever you want with it. And as a manufacturer, it is our responsibility to support it as long as it is working. Where does that come from? Where, where does that kind of value system come from for you and your partner? Suri and I both are software engineers. We have been using open source tools and proprietary tools. Uh, we were using quite a bit of Oracle tools. And also at Google, we were encouraged to think and use in open source philosophies. So the automotive industry is quite diametrically opposite to that. If you have a check engine light, even though your phone is perfectly capable of reading the code, you're supposed to go to a dealership, pay them $200, and just to know what your car has. I mean, it's your car, right? You should know what it is doing. So that is something we believe at Boson is fundamentally wrong and fixable very easily. So that kind of thought process has uh, evolved into making your vehicle as simple as possible. Just make it like a computer where if things go wrong, the person who owns the computer should know first rather than taking it to a dealership and you know expecting them to tell you what's wrong with your car uh, just by plugging into some silly computer. And to date, no pushback from investors on that? No. I mean, so far, so far this uh, we've uh, pitched this and Fortunately, our investors are also from the software industry and they understand that this is a key pain point and they are quite appreciative and uh, encouraging on this. And our current customers are fleets and businesses. So they are also very encouraging of this because they appreciate that they are not depending on anybody to service their vehicles. They can just open a laptop and then look at it. Excellent. What um, I We're getting close to, to being at time and I... I know you have a, a, a one-year-old it who is uh, woken up and is is moving about now. So so maybe we'll end on this. Give me something that from a I guess from a personal interest perspective. If if I spied on you on a Saturday morning or a Friday night, what what would you be learning right now personally? It could it it could be work related. It could be a hobby. It could be 
uh, some new skill that you're trying to pick up? What's got you excited right now that you're trying to learn more about? That's a good question. I'm as a computer enthusiast. I'm learning computer vision constantly. I've been doing that for quite some time. So when I'm free, I try to get myself updated on the the latest and greatest computer vision algorithms and how we are able to simplify the process of identifying objects in a simple image. And my hobbies are working on cars. So if I'm not doing that, I would be working on my diesel truck. I drive a diesel pickup. So you, I'd be either doing the computers or I'd be working on my truck. Awesome. I will, at some point, I will have to introduce you to a couple of folks uh, here at my company. I, I think you could get along quite famously. They, uh, uh, One of the guys, Mark, uh, who's a, a really good friend of mine, he's constantly tinkering in his garage. He, manuf- he actually manufactures uh, custom parts for older models, sports cars and things like that to, to eke out just a little bit more performance. And then, of course, he's like one of the most ridiculously good programmers you'll ever have a chance to work with right does does just a little bit of everything from uh all the way down to like automotive controllers to android to you know you name it so uh it sounds like you and him would have a, a great time absolutely would love to meet him awesome well arun i really appreciate you taking the time man um i, I know we got to wrap things up um thank you so much if if people want to learn more about basan motors if they want to place an order if they want to get in touch with you what is the best way for them to do that our website is www.bosonmotors.com. So just drop in a line and we will respond as soon as possible. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for having me and really enjoyed the discussion. It was it was uh, quite quite friendly, I would say. I, I, I wish it was like in person, <laughs> so I would have had more fun. I agree with that. Uh, you'll have you'll have to come out with the uh, trucks that you're shipping this December, and we can do this face to face. Absolutely, I would. I would look forward to doing that. If you're thinking of launching a SaaS product, startup competitors can provide data on your closest competitors, survey potential users, or provide other product validation services. Learn more at startupcompetitors.com.